woman-led cannabis startup in California come to be one of the most well-known brands in the industry? We'll find out in our interview today with CEO and founder of Kikoko, Jennifer Chapin. Welcome back to Women Leading in Cannabis, where we get deep with the smart women in cannabis, hemp, CBD, and psychedelics. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Pandora, and Spotify. I'm Kira Reed, founder of Women Empowered in Cannabis. And I am thrilled to be here with Jennifer Chapin today. Hello, Jennifer. Hi there. How are you? Great to uh, great to be here with you. I am so excited to have you on this show. I have been a huge fan of Kikoko for years. You have got a really interesting uh, background. So, Jennifer, you are the co-CEO and founder of Kikoko. But your background is in entrepreneurialism. Your bio refers to you as a serial entrepreneur. How did you come to be an entrepreneur? And what has that taught you about, uh, or how did that prepare you for starting a company in cannabis? Uh, that's a great question. And I'm, uh, yes, I'm co-CEO and co-founder. I have a fabulous partner, Amanda, and I couldn't be doing this without her. And uh, we've known each other for 28 years and it's, We've been in the trenches uh, with Kikoko from the beginning, and uh, yeah, we just couldn't do it without each other. But in terms of my background, being a serial entrepreneur, I you know I, I was one of these kids with the lemonade stand. Uh, entrepreneurialism is in my DNA. I come from a very entrepreneurial family, witnessing my mother and father from you know as long as I can remember, always doing something entrepreneurial. They were always starting a company. You were expected to help out or pack boxes or pack bags. There were assembly lines. And I just, I love the process of, you know, getting a project from my parents and saying, okay, you, know, you need to complete this and just figuring out how to get something done, whether it was, you know, an assembly line of, of uh, I'm going to date myself, uh, an assembly line of, 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 a, of a mailing that needed to go out and you had to, you know, stuff, you know, a thousand envelopes and get them stamped and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so I've always just been fascinated with the entrepreneurial process, but I definitely think it's in my DNA from my folks. They just have you know, various different companies and factories. And I just, I love the idea of taking an idea and creating something from nothing. And there's just, you know, there's a lot of, <laughs> a lot of moving parts in between. And I think you have to love problem solving and you just have to love the, you know, the idea of, of, this idea of creating something from nothing and bringing something to life, which is what I love doing. And then, and then importantly, galvanizing people behind that vision, having a very clear vision and then being able to galvanize people behind that. And it's just, I think it's just super fun. And what has working in the cannabis industry, how has that informed or, or brought you to a new place as an entrepreneur and a leader? Like what did you learn in cannabis, having a cannabis business that's just kind of changed your style or opened your eyes to something that you didn't know before about leadership or about entrepreneurialism. Yeah, I'm sure glad I'm, I'm doing this along with Amanda actually a little bit later in life. Uh, Amanda and I are both in our late fifties 
I think back about myself as an earlier entrepreneur and I've, you know, I've been an entrepreneur ever since, you know, college, you know, officially doing various things. I think all the things I've done in the past have really positioned me for this because in can and the and being in the cannabis business, not only do you have to love problem solving, I call it a, a giant game of whack-a-mole. <laughs> yeah, you just get things that come up absolutely every single day and you solve one problem and it and it creates, you know, other other problems. The idea of solving problems, but doing it, being able to do it calmly and patiently. Uh, I think, you know, I was just dealing with something the other day and it, and it could have been an oh shit kind of moment, if you will. But it's one of the things, okay, let's break this down. Mm-hmm. We have a problem. Let's just stay calm about it. I think I have a much calmer demeanor about problem solving. And at the end of the day, I mean, absolutely, we've got a serious product and we're medicating people. And we take that very, very seriously. But at the same time, you know, we don't, you know, we live in a country of where we're free and, you know, we don't have bombs going off and we're not dealing with life threatening crises. It's not just, you know, it puts it, it for me, it helps me put it in perspective. We're incredibly lucky and fortunate to be able to do what we do and just stay, stay calm and steady. So I, I feel like yeah. now that I'm a little bit older, I feel like I can bring that, you know, that just that presence of mind. Um, and more of a, a calmer mindset to solve the inevitable problems that come up in cannabis. So you've launched a woman-focused brand that is led by women. What challenges have you faced that you don't necessarily think you would have had to deal with if you were a man in building your brand? Uh, number one, money, fundraising. I mean, as they as they say, to now it's down to two point three percent of VC funding goes to women, and. It was just, uh, you know, you and I know that's just, that's criminal. You know, we've been successful fundraising, but I'm wondering if, you know, <laughs> if we were a, a man, would we had to, you know, make as many uh, pitches as, as, as we did? You know, fortunately we have a beautiful brand, so it speaks for itself, but I would say uh, definitely fundraising. Interesting. How, how did you come to the decision to be a co-CEO? Because that, I don't think I've ever seen that. Is that... Is that something you think that men do as well? Or is that kind of a solution that you came to, you think, being a woman? And then what does that look like? How does that work to be co-CEOs? Yeah, we've, it's interesting. We've had a, we've had people and investors um, when we've raised money before when that, that question comes up quite a bit in due diligence or has in the past. You know, does that, does that co-CEO structure really work? You know, we know it doesn't it doesn't work for everybody. It definitely works for us. I mean, a man and I are equal business partners. Uh, we share in the responsibilities. We do different things, but we definitely share in the responsibilities of running this company. I think you know it's important for us to be seen equally and not you know one person you know driving this company over another because we both equally drive it. Even though you know we're doing different things, you know, so, you know we we definitely collaborate on a lot of decision making, and we just feel like two minds are are better than one. We you know we we have we come at problem solving differently, which has been which has really been a godsend. And I think that shared thinking of a problem uh, and coming at it differently really helps us to solve problems very efficiently. And I think it's important for you know, for the company to see that, you know, there are two people behind this company and nobody has, I don't Trump Amanda and vice versa, unless it's, you know, something that she knows a lot better than me or vice versa, but we like our structure. It's worked for us. 
and um, we really haven't run any pro- into any problems with it. I think we're I think we're stronger for it. So do you do equally divide and kind of look at the responsibilities of a CEO and say, this is my strong suit and that's your strong suit and you divide it up that way? Um, you know, just being a CEO myself, I'm trying to think, how would I divide these responsibilities and the decision making with another person? Yeah, we, we, we founded a nonprofit together about eight, nine years ago called Cynthia's Sisters. Uh, you can look it up, CynthiaSisters.org. And we we send we fund and send young Congolese women to law school in the Congo. And we have, we have about 80 girls either in or through law school. And we partner with ABA Roley, which is American Bar Association Rule of Law Initiative. We founded that together. So, you know, we had some experience in terms of working together and understanding about what our what our strengths were. And so we have, we have a very complementary skill set. I mean, Amanda clearly, you know, her design and branding and understanding of, of plant-based medicine is, you know, unparalleled. She's a, actually a neuro, she's got a very interesting background of being trained as a neuroscience, but then had a stint in fashion. And then she was a, a journalist for many, many years. So she's just incredibly suited to do the things that she does uh, on the on the aspects of the company that she oversees, which is product development and R&D. Uh, design and branding and marketing, and that I'm I'm suited, you know, towards the other thing. Having been a serial entrepreneur and, and started multiple companies, uh, you know, like organizationally, investor relations, ops, business development, sales. So it's quite complementary, you know. Uh, she, I mean, she, I do the things that you know she's not uh, as you know doesn't particularly enjoy doing, or it's just not her skill set, and vice versa. I love that you have problem solved and created a solution that is not the standard solution. Is that something, you know, you you mentioned it a little earlier about having the maturity to make that kind of a decision. I'm very interested in this because as women, we really have to be able to think outside the box and learn how to redefine business model and how things work because it, it was built to fit the masculine way that men play the game. I mean, they were the ones in the workforce when the industrial revolution started and a lot of what we know now today as business model was created with siloed departments and, you know, things work the way that they work regardless of what kind of business you're in. So I like to encourage women to think outside the box in a way that still works within the system, but allows them to have a different experience that works for them. Can you talk a little bit about how you came to the decision to do this because it's so out of the ordinary? Yeah, we, we spent a lot of time. The first, we founded our company in 2015 and we spent the first year and a half really laying the foundation of the company and talking a lot about vision and values and what was important to us. And at the end of the day, you know, we both need to work for a living. And if we're going to work somewhere, what did we want that place to look like? And what did we want that place of look to look like for other people? Because we've all had, you know, Amanda and I have both had, let's just put it, subpar or some challenging, you know, work situations. And, you know, we, we wanted to have a culture where we could really foster collaboration and working together. And for us, you know, it's, it's simple for us. We call it the women's way. And we we talk about that openly. We talk about that frequently, that if we were going to start a company, we're going to do it our way. We're going to do it the women's way. And that and that's everything from, hey, having flexibility because, you know, you know, somebody needs to pick their kid up at school or their kid is sick or, 
hey, somebody's not going to necessarily work traditional hours. It's it's really a, a trust-based culture. You know, look, we've worked in enough organizations where we feel like it's been broken. If we're going to create an organization that we want to work for and in and at, let's set it up in such a way that, you know, we enjoy coming to work. So we call that the women's way, which means it is going to be, it is going to be a bit different. And um, so far it's definitely worked for us. And we seems to be that a lot of people embrace it. Our, our workforce is probably about 70% women. And uh, yeah, it, it, it definitely works for us. I am writing this down, Jennifer, and you and I are going to um, find a way to make this a bigger topic because this is really, I love this. I'm getting goosebumps as you're talking. We need leadership that is leading us out of the, the rut and into a vision of the future. And that's really my next question for you is what is your vision for the future for women in this industry? And I, I'm, I love the women's way and I want to explore this more with you from the perspective of women empowered in cannabis and how we can bring this message to the women in the industry. But adding to that, what is your vision for the future for women working in the cannabis industry? I think it's really enabling, it's, it's creating an ecosystem, if you will, for women to be able to operate. One of the things that Amanda and I both have found working in this industry, which is so incredibly gratifying, is everybody and yourself included Everybody who works in this industry is so, so passionate. They love what they do. A phrase that I often use in uh, in business with, and I just actually wrote a newsletter about it, a business to business newsletter that went out uh, earlier this week. I'll actually forward it to you. You know, not only are our products infused with THC, but we infuse our products with TLC. You know, it's allowing women to do what they do really well. Uh, and it's creating an ecosystem that supports that, whether it's, you know, the right capital infrastructure, whether it's the right resources as it relates to, you know, legal services or financial services or operational services and excellence. I feel like there's a lot of companies, uh, whether they're run by women or not, but if we're focused on women that are running businesses, I feel like we're all in our silos where there could be a lot more uh, collaboration and shared information or this, you know, man and I have a, a vision for an ecosystem, if you will. Where you know what if what if you were able to support more female-founded brands? But of course, that takes you know that takes that takes capital, that takes infrastructure. But I think it's it's creating an, an ecosystem that supports more women, so we're all not you know literally sort of banging our head against the wall doing the same the same thing. That is so inspiring, Jennifer. I, I love it, and it it's. You know, I've, I've loved Kikoko as a brand, just A, the way it looks on the shelf. B, the product itself is amazing. And the vibe that you two have been able to create around what is Kikoko. And it's really cool to know that behind that brand is all of those values and all of that work for women. And it translates through the packaging. It translates through the experience of the brand. So let's talk about Kikoko. Why Kikoko, and what is your goal for the future with this brand? Uh, firstly, thank you so much for saying that that translates through the brand because that is our mission accomplished. If that's what you're seeing and feeling, that's what we're hoping that this brand uh, transcribes, and that's how people interpret it. Because we're we're much more we're we're more than just about cannabis wellness, we are really about a movement here and empowering women to, whether it's taking back their health, 
or leaning into their businesses or doing it the women's way. We really are about, you know, look, if a man and I can do this, you can do anything kind of thing. And hopefully our, our products and our packaging and our ethos embody that to empower and inspire others to tap into their uh, dreams and goals. So thank you for recognizing that. Well, you're welcome. And let me just tell you that the one thing I didn't say that I do want to say is that Kikoko is in California, an iconic brand. No, <laughs> it is. And I'm not just saying that to, to, you know, blow smoke. Before I met you, before I knew you, I knew Kikoko. And Kikoko is one, it's an institutional brand in California. It's been around since the beginning. And you have staying power. You are everywhere. And I don't know a single woman that does not know your brand. So what you've done has translated into a lasting brand that has become iconic in the selection of brands that we have in this industry in California. I wish, well, I'm not taking this if you are. I, I, I can't wait to share that with uh, with the team, what you just said, because that you should see me right now. I'm just smiling and I've got goosebumps that you've said that. That's just could not, you could not be giving us a, a, a bigger compliment. So thank you very, very much. Yeah, I think that just that bodes to how Amanda and I have thought about the brand and the type of people we've we've brought into the company to support it. Uh, we have an unbelievable designer that you know lives and breathes the and embodies the ethos of Kikoko, and I would say you know all the people at the company really embody this 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 ethos, which I think it's you know the people that have really you know of Kikoko that have put us on the map, not only the brand because they do embody that spirit, and I. I know from the beginning we've we've thought more about Kikoko and this brand that we're 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 building we've approached it more like a CPG company and we've wanted to be distinctive from the very beginning. We know that we needed to have you know we needed to stand for something and we asked that question. We still ask those questions all the time. You know what do we stand for? What is our value? Why should people care? And and really adapting to that and making sure because you know people have a lot of options. And we want to make sure that, you know, we exist for a purpose and that we're there to help them in some sort of way. Uh, and they're moved by, you know, not only the products, but the, but the brand. So we've, we've definitely have followed a very strict ethos, if you will, around or regimen around really checking in with ourselves to make sure that we stay relevant and that we also do have the courage to keep changing um, and that we do stand for something. Uh, and that's always been very important, uh, very important to us. And, and we know, that, you know, in order to do that, we've had to be patient, but uh, we're here for, you know, we're playing the long game here and uh, we think that brands matter and, and standing for something and standing for quality and having a personality and, and empowering women, it really matters. It does. And it translates to a successful business. They are, you're not making a decision when you choose your values and you choose to lead a business this way. You're not saying I'm going to be successful or I'm going to be this way. The two go hand in hand really well. And I wish that more companies would understand that there is, you can be successful and pay your people well and have a great working environment and do things different that are more suited to how you want to work as an executive. So thank you for being a beacon and a symbol for that. Oh, you're very sweet. Well, in front of, and I would encourage anybody who's listening to this is starting a company or thinking about, or thinking about their existing company. And again, going back to, are laying the foundation for the, that company in the first year and a half, as I alluded to earlier, we really thought about what we wanted to stand for. And we actually, if you, if you go on our website, which is keycoco.com, uh, you can find what we call our six unbreakable rules of doing business. 
And that was something that we worked quite hard on to say, okay, what do we want to stand for um, internally and externally? And, you know, we have everything from our first rules, no assholes, uh, which we live and breathe by. And, uh, you know, we've, we've turned down money because we just sort of, we felt like somebody just did not align with our, with our value system. Um, our rule number two is equality for women. We all know about the pay gap and we think it's egregious when we are adding as much value. Our third uh, rule is unrelenting quality. You know, we will not put anything out of the market um, that, you know, frankly, we wouldn't, we wouldn't use ourselves. So we take that very, very seriously and just quality, quality, quality through and through. And our fourth rule is generosity of spirit. So we believe in a company where, you know, people are happy at work and can be fearless. You know, that's something we, we, we embody and, and hope that other people in the company embody. And then rule five is to laugh. <laughs> so man and I, were, we love to laugh. And we also say, you know, when it goes horribly wrong, it, sometimes you just got to laugh. And uh, our fifth rule, our sixth rule is make an impact. And, uh, you know, hopefully we're doing that every single day. Uh, but we believe in uh, this plant has been good to all of us and it's creating a lot of opportunities and we're honored to have this opportunity. And we realize that 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 also carries a responsibility in terms of having an impact and doing the right thing and giving back. You are my hero right now. I just seriously, I have been. You know, for many, many years in my career, I have focused on building community and values-based businesses. And I consulted from the marketing and branding perspective on that with a lot of companies for many years. And it was really disheartening how few wanted to attempt to do it. But when it came to the point of actually implementing, there was just, they just didn't have the courage to do it. So I, I'm just so inspired by what you have built. Partly because, like I said earlier, I've known Kikoko for so long. So now to have all of this revealed, it's just, it's so fascinating. And, you know, the six points, the women's way, I'm just, we have a lot to talk about offline, Jennifer. And I really hope that we can work together to bring your message to more women as inspiration. Because we have so many women that are now joining cannabis and there is this understanding that it can be done differently here, that we can make a place for ourselves here. So thank you for leading the way on that. We're, 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 we're trying. <laughs> you're doing a great job. So let's, let's talk quickly about federal legalization, because that is something that, that's going to change everything for everyone in the industry right now. What are some of the things that you are most excited about federal legalization as it relates to the industry and Kikoko? And what are you really not, what are you concerned about? What are you worried about? federal legalization? Uh, I would say excited would, first word that comes to my mind is access. The thing that's so crippling to so many companies is how incredibly expensive, particularly in California, it is to operate. And imagine if you could, the efforts that you're putting in, that we're all putting into our companies, you know, I believe that we could have exponential growth if we were able to have interstate commerce. I mean, it's crazy to think that there's no interstate commerce and the infrastructure operational, et cetera, costs that we have for running a, a, a company that can only operate in California. It's just egregious to me, number one. And number two is that people more broadly don't have access to medicine that works uh, and that they don't have more alternatives. And we're, I mean, we, we see it every day and hear of it every day with, you know, people overdosing on, you know, 
opioids and the horrible crisis going on now, the fact that cannabis is a is a healthier alternative to some of these drugs, it's it's shameful and wrong. Uh, more people don't have access to uh, this amazing healing plant. So first word that comes to mind is access. Uh, I would say for concerns, obviously with federal legalization is uh, bigger companies will come in. The concern is, are they going to treat this plant with as much reverence and respect that some of these smaller brands that I know I know that we do, and I know other brands like us that do. Uh, we're you know we work with a lot of women, and we work, for example, with with a lot of female growers and farmers. And there's there's no people on the planet that have more integrity than these female farmers, and more passion for this plant. And the fact that you know a lot of big money's coming in, these big grows are being built. These you know half a million million square foot grows are being built and it's you know it's decimating the small craft farmer but our belief and we actually are building a brand around that currently uh we're launching a, a pre-roll brand uh early next year that we're very excited about which i can speak to in a minute but the concern is that what's going to happen to the legacy of the plant the genetics of the plant we just hope that it doesn't go the way of, of big ag that would be just egregious and shameful. So I think that's that would be the concern. And what are you looking forward to in 2022 in the industry and for Kikoko? In the industry, I would say uh, I hope there's more collaboration. And I hope there's and I, and I see it perkling up collaboration, particularly with these with female brands and creating a, a platform for female brands to really tap into their full potential, uh, which is very hard to do with all the all the constraints and the restrictions that we have. So again, going back to the conversation we had earlier, if there was an ecosystem that, that supported that, uh, I think that would be really exciting to foster and encourage that collaboration that helped uh, promote these companies and, and, and help them succeed. Because it's awfully, it's awfully difficult to do it alone in this industry, given the cost infrastructure. That would be on the larger macro side for Kikoko, and that's a very easy one for me to talk about. Um, we are launching, and and uh, we've just been talking about it recently. Very excited to announce that Kikoko is launching a uh, pre-roll in February of 2021, and the uh, pre-roll line is called Wild Women. Oh God, I love it! Yeah, it's 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 absolutely sensational. I mean, I, I you should see me. I got I got goosebumps again. I got goosebumps talking about it. So, Wild Women harkens to a lot of the things we're discussing on this on this podcast uh, right now. Uh, as we know, there's a lot of big money that's come in. These they are building these gargantuan grows. Like I say, a half a million million square foot grows. As a result, the there's been a an over supply of product there's a glut in the market and it's decimating the industry there's a there's a race to the bottom on pricing as we all are currently aware of and they're they're they will if it continues to go at this rate the risk is it's going to put the small craft and female farmer out of business i mean it's just going to put too many constraints on them in terms of uh, pricing in in the marketplace kikoko as the number one female brand in cannabis we have decided to take a leadership position 
We've created this sub-brand called Wild Women. It's absolutely sensational. And what we are doing is partnering with women growers and women-owned farms and leaning in with them to um, co-brand them on a pre-roll called Wild Women. And this way we can be a part of helping to preserve their regenerative and organic farming methods, their heritage seeds. And we feel like, you know, we need to do our part to help do whatever we can to help preserve and protect the legacy and the livelihood and the farming techniques of these female farmers. We are fiercely working on it now. And this brand is launching in February. And that's what I'm, uh, we are just beyond pumped about this. So that's what I'm most excited about. I am as excited as you are about that. That's <laughs> phenomenal. I, and I can't wait to try it. Well, it's funny. Amanda was speaking at a uh, at an event last week and there was about 150 people there in San Francisco. And I think, and she got asked the same question by the moderator and she, I was, unfortunately I missed the event, but she told the audience about wild women and apparently the audience erupted in applause. So <laughs> I think we're all excited. And this it's, uh, it's going to be just absolutely magical, just sensational. And I've been out on the road uh, socializing this with, with buyers and bud tenders and it's just a lot of excitement about it. So if a woman is living in California and she wants to get her hands on that pre-roll, what, how do you recommend we as consumers start putting pressure on the dispensaries to carry the products that we want? Because I don't know that anywhere in my area I can pick up Kikoko. And where are you again? In the Central Valley. This is about, I, you know, I think it's, you know, and what we talk quite a bit about is you know, my vision is having an army of women. You know, we're going to start a whole ambassador program around this. So if you know anybody who wants to be an ambassador for wild women, let us know. But I think it's it's calling your dispensaries. It's, I mean, it's, it's good old fashioned, you know, having, every, you know, doing a phone bank, you know, and having your friends, if, if you know, if you want product and it's not in your local dispensary or your local dessert literature, you know, just call the heck out of them and say, and request the product. That's a great idea, ladies. So if you want to try Kikoko and you can't find it in your local dispensary, get on the phone and give them a call. In fact, I think that's a, you know, a campaign that I've been formulating loosely in my head about not just women, but also uh, for brands from people of color. For, uh, you know, I walk into my local dispensary and I ask the bud tender, what do you have in flower today that is grown by a woman-owned company? Uh, I don't know, is the answer most of the time. And I just, I can't believe that more people aren't going in and saying, I want to buy products from, you know, this category of people, stock it. So when I ask that question, these bud tenders act like it's the first time they've ever heard it. But I think that if we really made a concentrated effort, we could turn, we could move the needle on. Them. Yeah, absolutely. There's a campaign lurking there somewhere. Yeah, no, for sure. I, and I think it's, you know, all of us just, you know, galvanizing behind it. Um, and going back to your question in terms of calling the dispensaries and all, you can also, not to do a plug, but I will, um, you you can go on the Kikoko website, K-I-K-O-K-O, Kikoko.com, and plug in your zip code. And there you can see you know, where the closest access point is. Um, and we also have direct consumers. So there may, could be a uh, one of our delivery partners that uh, deliver to your uh, zip code. Oh, nice. And are you only in California right now? We are only in California, but we are, are currently in discussions with uh, out-of-state partners. So that's a very, very big mandate for Kikoko going into 2022. It was something we were going to pursue and then COVID hit and 
you know, all that stuff. And so it's just, it's something we've been working on over the last um, three, six months. So we're hoping to identify some partners um, in short order here that will take the Kikoko brand. Because we know that, you know, Kikoko is beloved all over the country and we have a lot of customers in a lot of different um, states. And we know that they would love to have it uh, locally versus having, uh, getting it other ways. <laughs> so. Is it helpful for women to go into their local dispensaries in other states and say, I want to get Kikoko in here? Will that help? Sure. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies, you heard it here. If you want Kikoko, go tell your local dispensary. Jennifer, I could talk to you all day long, and I really do hope that you get you back on the show. I, I just thank you for everything you're doing, for your leadership in the industry, what you're doing, focusing on a woman-focused brand. You're doing a lot for women and in the industry and consumers, and I'm so grateful. Thank you for sharing your time and your journey with us today. Well, you're the best. Thank you for evangelizing not only Kikoko, but all of all of us women. And we couldn't do it without you. And, just, you know, shining a spotlight on it is exactly what we need. So thank you for your spotlight and your intellect and your passion. And we really appreciate it. And I look forward to seeing you again sometime soon. Yes. Ladies, thank you for tuning in. If you haven't yet joined the Women Empowered in Cannabis community, go to our brand new membership site at weicwomen.com. There you'll find all the details on membership for women working in cannabis. You can also find us on Clubhouse as WEIC, where we host AMA rooms with investors and recruiters and monthly open mics to introduce yourself to the community. WEIC is a community that provides resources, connections, events, and content to women working in cannabis in the U.S., Canada, and around the world where there's an interest in cannabis legalization. We welcome women who are currently working in cannabis or curious about taking a leap into the industry. Consider becoming a WEIC woman member or WEIC business member for benefits and access across the network. And be sure to join us again for another conversation with women leading in cannabis. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Are you looking for the next great cannabis business to invest in? Then you need to check out the MJ Bulls podcast. Hi, I'm Dan Humston. Join me each week as I speak to both cannabis entrepreneurs who are raising capital and cannabis investors who are investing capital. Our 10-minute episodes are perfect for the busy investor. Start listening to the MJ Bulls podcast today, wherever you listen to podcasts, and who knows, maybe you'll discover the next cannabis unicorn.